Good morning. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. I hope nobody's in a funk this morning. All right. Kicking off the show is Madeline Dorr. We're going to talk about her book, I Didn't Do the Thing Today, Letting Go of Productivity Guilt. Oh, my gosh. That speaks to me. Good morning. Good morning, Janine. Thanks for having me. Well, I was so excited when I saw your book. I didn't do the thing today, letting go of pr- productivity guilt, because as I just mentioned, it, it really resonated with me. I have that a lot. Oh, I think that, that so much of our society with putting productivity on, a, on the pedestal has meant that we've just got this pervading sense of feeling guilty when we're not getting through our to-do list. But I think that we can find ways to untangle from that. Was this something that in your life a lot and you just felt like, I have to write about this? Yes. Well, it, it interestingly, all came about after the search for the secret to productivity. So I think like many people, I felt like I was falling behind other people when I was comparing myself on social media, mm-hmm. or I felt like I, I, I didn't know how to sort of the best way to, to do things. And I, I felt like I wasn't getting my day right. And so this meant that I, I set out to interview people that I admired about how they do what they do. And I was looking for the secret to getting things done, but I soon found instead that even the people that I had put on a pedestal have days where they don't do the thing or they feel like they're not doing enough or they feel like they procrastinate or that they compare themselves to other people as well or they experience self-doubt and self-blame. And so that made me really see, oh, maybe this search for productivity is actually setting us up to fail because it's not so much that productivity itself is a bad thing we all need to get things done but it's this feeling like we can never do enough that I think is detrimental it's it's leading to burnout and overwhelm and and so that's what I those lessons on on how to deal with the productivity guilt is really what I wanted to compile into the book no, I, I'm listening to this and I'm like checking all those boxes because I always feel like, oh, I'm wasting time and I need to be doing more and writing more. And, and then, as I mentioned, I'm working on something and the procrastination has been, for some reason, I don't know why, I've just been so prevalent. But I figured something out, Madeline, that sometimes when I mm. take a diversion, like I just stop trying to focus so hard and I go do something else, the good ideas come to me. Mm. That's a beautiful thing, isn't it, Janine? I think that so much of what we label as procrastination or wasting time or even what we label as laziness is actually thinking. We need that thinking time, especially if we're working on something that requires solving a problem or finding a solution, is that stepping away from the work or from the, the, the busy doing is just as important because that's where we can have the all-important epiphany that, that's crucial. And so I think that really it's a, it's a labeling problem in many ways. It's not so much that we're not being productive. It's just that we need to expand the definition of what it means to be productive and, and, and include all of these things like thinking time and rest yes. and downtime yes. and connecting with people as well. It's, it's all really important in terms of how we, how we can be human. Exactly. Exactly. And we have to stop beating ourselves up mm. because it's so yes. stressful. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's, it's that funny thing about when we're worrying about all the time that we're wasting, that's actually what's wasting our time. Yes. And so I think in, in the beating ourselves up is the very thing that can kind of 
sink us further into a spiral, which makes it even harder to do the things that are important in our lives. And so it's really about trying to take the judgment away and replace it with curiosity. I wanted to ask you this question. How do you build resolutions around delight and not so much around routine and discipline? Mm. It's it's kind of this um, overlooked common wisdom, I think, that if we enjoy doing something, chances are we will be more likely to do it. <laughs> but yet so much of the advice out there about productivity, it it has sort of this, this punishing discipline to it. it it's, it's quite rigid. It's a one-size-fits-all solution often. And it means that when we don't quite stick to this new hack or this new routine, we beat ourselves up. We, yes. we, we say that um, there must be something wrong with us because this thing, this solution, this popular hack doesn't work for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead, I suggest something called delightful discipline. And delightful discipline is really about finding the enjoyment and the delight rather than starting from a place of dread. So rather than telling yourself that you will exercise at 5 a.m. for five days of the week, um, you can, and, and, and attaching that to a goal that's quite punishing, say to lose a certain amount of weight. Okay. That's all quite punishing and dread, it has a sense of dread to it. Whereas delightful discipline would say, I want to find a sense of energy. I want to feel good. And I'm going to do these exercises that, that bring me that sense of delight. Yes. And interestingly, when we find that, we even find that perhaps we build a better discipline <laughs> because we're doing things because of how they make us feel yes. rather than about how they make us look. I mean, just because other people can get up at 5 a.m. and work out doesn't mean I would love that. Exactly. <laughs> that might not be delightful to you. Oh, or no. maybe, you know, again, um, if it does work for you, then there's nothing wrong with getting up at 5 in the morning either. Yes. <laughs> it's, yeah, but coming back again and again to what works for you and, and finding your own definition of productivity or delight because yes. it, it's different for everybody, isn't it? It sure is. Uh, what do you think of these long lists of New Year's resolutions people come up with at the beginning of the year? It's it feels like a lot of pressure. Mm, it really is. And then we get to this time of the year, <laughs> a month in, and sometimes, you know, we've already sort of all of those resolutions have fallen by the wayside. And then we end up again beating ourselves up for not sticking to these new resolutions. Mm-hmm. I think that um, what's, what can be challenging about a resolution is that often the emphasis is on changing ourselves. Um, and that sort of means that we're postponing our happiness sometimes until we become this new version of ourselves, until we are the person that can get up at five in the morning and exercise or, or lose weight or, or learn to make sourdough. We keep postponing until we reach that, until we've changed. But actually, maybe there's something really empowering about embracing who we are, yeah. flaws and all, and not trying to change ourselves. And interestingly, I think when we become more honest with ourselves and who we are and kinder to ourselves about that, we often change. Like that's what can be the thing that propels us um, to, to really sort of be alive to the day rather than judging the day. Right. You said something at the beginning of our conversation about social media and we're comparing ourselves. And that goes for people of all ages. And 
I feel like that can be like technology can be great, but it can be so detrimental. Mm-hmm. And the thing that is so concerning is, yes, the beginning of the year, people set these goals and then they get on Instagram and TikTok and they see everyone doing X, Y and Z from making the green goddess salad to doing the dance moves. And they just think, oh, I need to do that. But as you're saying, find your own path, you know, make your own path. Mm. Mm, exactly. Because there's so many layers to that in that, you know, what we see on social media, we all know that it's highly curated. It is a highlight reel of other people's lives. Mm-hmm. But even though we, we know that intellectually, we might not, we still feel like we don't compare when we're comparing ourselves. Yes. We feel like we're behind or we're not doing enough. And, and, and that can be what perpetuates busyness or this, this feeling of comparison and the spiral of that. Um, but really, even though we know that's highly curated, maybe that comparison, at times it can be a thief of joy, mm-hmm. but it can also sometimes be a guide to what we enjoy. So when we're comparing ourselves to someone on social media, what we, mo- what we might feel most enlivened by is when we see someone doing something that they really enjoy. And so instead of thinking, I need to do that too, yes. we can look a little bit deeper and think, actually, what I want is to find the thing that I enjoy. It's not necessarily the green goddess salad, yes. but it's finding my thing. Exactly. <laughs> and so I think that in, in some ways, comparison can be a helpful guide, but we need to really, again, kind of get curious and see what this is really telling us. And, and remember that we can't, we can't recreate the same recipe as someone else when we've got different ingredients. Yeah. And we, again, need to find, find what works for us I love and that. find what enlivens us. Uh, if you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Madeline Dorr about her new book, I Didn't Do the Thing Today, Letting Go of Productivity Guilt. I do want to mention um, that over the past five years, you have interviewed hundreds of creative people about their daily routines for your popular blog, Extraordinary Routines, and your podcast, Routines and Ruts. Is that uh, featured in the book as well? Yes. So the, the, the book is really a compilation of all the lessons from this project, interviewing hundreds of people, including the podcast interviews as well as the, the written interviews on Extraordinary Routines. And so it's really about, it's not sort of, you know, extensive academic research that I did. It was very much personal curiosities and so I, I collected all of these common themes and these common stumbles when it comes to productivity, and they have been what has formed the chapters. And then in the chapters is are these interwoven insights and lessons from these people that were inspiring and I admired and, and, and had very much, um, for me, refreshing approaches to going about their day and, again, finding their own way. And so that's all weaved through and, and scattered about the book um, amongst, yeah, the lessons that I learned. I love it. Anything else you'd like to leave us with? Because I know you have to run soon. <laughs> oh, well, it, it's been such a pleasant pleasure, Janine, to speak with you. And I think maybe the, the big reminder is, I, I think, just remember that we're human. <laughs> we're not machines and we don't have to have our, our worth derived from what we do. There's There's so much in the day that I think that we can count and it, it's not just about what we did that day it's, it's also about how we connect to people how kind we are what we learn what kind of epiphanies we might have even how we rest all of it is is the beautiful part of living and i think that we need to sort of spread the um, celebration around 
um, so that it's not just about what we did or didn't do. Yes. And especially right now in the pandemic where people feel so much pressure over the past two years, I think this is perfect timing for your book. I just want to mention your website, extraordinaryroutines.com. You're on Instagram, extraordinary underscore routines, and Facebook, extraordinary routines. And I put all your information on the show blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Wonderful, Janine. It's been such a pleasure. I hope that um, you can let go of Productivity Guild as well and enjoy the epiphanies as they come. Thank you so much. (laughs) Wonderful having you on the show. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. That was Madeline Doerr calling in to talk about her new book. Again, if you missed anything, it's all on the show blog. And if you missed part of this um, segment, it will be on the show blog as a podcast within an hour after I wrap. Uh, We'll take a little break. We're going to listen to a conversation I had with Jody Rosenfeld. She has a debut novel, and it explores coming of age with meaningful discussions of sexuality, religion, and mental health. It's called Closer to Fine. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.